something that I talk about a lot is that measuring stick. We do that with numbers a lot. And really, we need to be doing that with mission, vision, core values. Because that's that fulfillment piece. That's how we know that we're matching the personal life we want with the business life that we want. Welcome to What's Her Story, the podcast for ambitious women who are ready to use their story as a catalyst for change. I'm your host, Erica Akingwe, bestselling author, content strategist, and author coach to high-achieving, globally-minded women. I started this podcast because honestly, I'm nosy. Every time I see a woman shining, living aligned and abundant in life and business, I wonder, ooh, what's her story? I know this, women who believe in themselves and their story are better equipped to help others transform. So if you're ready to connect over honest conversations and be inspired by other impact-driven women, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. I'm your host, Erica Akingwe, and here we believe that women who believe in themselves and in the power of their story are better equipped to help others transform. I know that if you are here listening, you are an ambitious, impact-driven woman. You are running your own business or doing big things in your career. You are a thought leader. You are always seeking to infuse purpose into all that you do. And so you are so, so welcome here. This is November and November is actually National Entrepreneurship Month. And so in honor of all the amazing women who lead, women running businesses, raising babies, I wanted to do a series on business. Now, if you do not own a business, if you're not an entrepreneur, do not tune out. These conversations are infused with so many thought-provoking things. A lot of our conversation is about balancing life and business, life and career, life and ambition, and doing it in a really purposeful, meaningful way. So I know that you will get a lot out of these conversations in the business series, whether you have a business or not. And maybe, just maybe, it will inspire you to start something on the side because let me tell you entrepreneurship is a whole lot of fun and the fastest way to personal growth you're going to learn so much about yourself and your values by having a business so today i have a conversation with my friend emily Bowie. she's a personal finance and business strategist who is obsessed with life hacks simple systems, saving money, and living her best life. She's a wife and mom of three kids under four. Yes. She's been a CPA for over a decade and spent five and a half years in big four accounting before making the switch to entrepreneurship. Now she teaches six to seven figure earning entrepreneurs how to become more profitable and efficient through simple strategy and intentional structure. In her experience, 
She's seen most women bootstrap their business and find it hard to scale without sacrifice. She created the strategic planning sprint to teach how to reflect on the facts and the feelings in your business, bridge the gap between your vision and desired income, and create a plan to simplify what has become broken or complicated. I love this conversation with Emily. It's such a great way to jumpstart this business series because, first of all, it's the end of the year. I know we're in the home stretch of 2023, but I bet you have your sights also set on 2024. And it's very tempting to just want to keep pushing forward, keep moving forward, keep just pressing through and set out a plan for the next year. But I want to give you this conversation about the value of looking back in order to leap forward. How can we slow our pace so that we can reflect and make much more intentional decisions that give us the balance of life and business that we really desire? Emily and I talk about looking back to leap forward. We talk about how our values are a much better measuring stick for success than numbers or income, whatever ancillary goals we like to set, and how looking back helps us be more present in our lives, that we can fit our business into our life instead of our life into our business. So this is just perfect time to start this business series with all the facts of 2023 and the feelings that go along with it and how we can make better decisions for leaping forward. So without further ado, here is Emily Bowie. Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast, Emily. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to have you. We have known each other quite a long time. I feel like a, oh, yeah. a long time in like adult friendship, you know, measurements. Right, <laughs> right. It's been so good. And the ways that we have connected and the circles that we've connected in and just the caliber of women that we have in common is just so nourishing, exciting. Every time we can connect in such an impact-driven way or mindset, the sky's the limit on what we can do together. So I've enjoyed every meeting in person and virtually with you. So excited to introduce you to my people here. Well, thank you for having me. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel like having depth and friendship and professional relationships is huge. And it's, it's a lot harder to come by as you get older because you're so busy. And Mm -hmm. so there has to be intention, which we're going to talk a lot about today, right? is just being very intentional. And I feel like finding opportunities to consistently connect and like we've done that in programs, but then even in business and finding like mutual relationships that are supportive for each other, like that has been amazing for me too. Mm -hmm. I agree a hundred percent. Well, I have already introduced you to everyone in your bio, but I love for you to share in your own words who 
you are and where you are right now with business and babies and what's lighting you up. Okay. So life is crazy right now. I am a mom of three under the age of four and it is crazy town right now, but it is great. It's a lot of fun and a lot of learning happening all at the same time. And business is flourishing. So I am a personal finance and business strategist. And I have not just stumbled upon this. This has been a development over the years. And I finally feel like I'm in my stride. And it feels really, really good. Really being able to work with that professional that has already established their business probably bootstrapped it. And now they're going back and implementing those systems to become more profitable and efficient. And the reason I love that so much is because we can make it simple. We can make it intentional and it allows them to be present and like be so fulfilled by what they're doing. And like, that's my goal as a person, both personally and professionally right now. Mm, it's so refreshing that you are all about simplification and really that's the basis of efficiency right and i think that it is so tempting in business or life to just keep on moving forward and we collect the things whether it's like physical things or clients or offers or just all of our ideas and if we just keep on moving forward without taking inventory and thinking about profitability and efficiency, which are your two superpowers, we just scale chaos. Yes. yes. And so I like <laughs> simple, please, but we can want simple and connecting the dots between our vision of like, oh, this simple ease and where we are right now, there's like this mismatch often. So I would love for you to share a bit about how you help business owners become more profitable and efficient and give a glimpse into like some of the strategies or structures that you use to help them bridge the gap between vision and reality. Right. So I created the strategic planning sprint and it is a signature method of sorts, but it's very methodical. It all builds on each other. And the goal is to really help people look at the facts and the feelings based on their current performance and past performance, bridge the gap between their vision and their desired income, and then create a plan to simplify what has kind of gotten misaligned, broken, complicated, because oftentimes when we bootstrap our business, we're just trying to get the thing done. And I think there's a time and a space for that it's just that often we don't have that time and space to then go do that refinement. So we have to be intentional about doing that refinement. And my favorite step of the strategic planning sprint process is the look back analysis because it's the hardest. It's the most commonly skipped step, but it is the most powerful step because of who we are and how we operate as people. And I know you've done the look back analysis before. Yes. What were your initial like gut reactions prior to doing it and then like after doing it? Mm. 
it was such a powerful activity. I did feel some resistance to it at first because I'm like, how is looking back going to help me move forward? Like, can't I just keep going? Forget about that. Yes, I made, I'll say, mistakes or like learning opportunities. <laughs> but there was resistance around that at first initial mm-hmm. because it felt like time spent on the past. Mm-hmm. But what I found were so many of those learning gems like, oh, I don't even think about this situation, this offer, this type of client the same way anymore because I've now evaluated that that was a learning experience and I've refined that offer or that type of client is not my ideal client. And so I can, in this like analogy of carrying stuff, I can just like put them down and release that weight and say, no, I'm just going to move forward. So that would be the before and after the before is just not sure how it felt but Mm -hmm. when you release things like it's lighter for moving forward for taking that leap forward such a powerful strategy and and exercise so what i found is like i had no problem doing the work right i had oftentimes had the problem of reflecting on it and so i was just hustling and i realized as i had more children that i wanted to be more present because you don't get that time back. And I knew that, but I wasn't living like that. So I was like on a mission to figure this out for myself. And then once I did, I was like, everybody needs to know this because I was that person who just like slapped slapped on those like ancillary goals that like, I just want a 10K month or a 20K month, but like never did the math to make sure it mathed with the life and the business I was creating. (laughs) And so- When I did that look back analysis and I looked at the numbers, you know, we're talking like revenue, expenses, how much you're paying yourself, key performance indicators within your business. So that could be different depending on your season. You know, oftentimes it's like conversion, but maybe it is like you're trying to figure out where your client keeps getting stuck. So a KPI, which is a key performance indicator, I don't know if I said that. It could be seeing they all drop off on chapter like uh, chapter three or module three of something. And how do you get them back in at that point? So that is the cool thing about the look back analysis. It's not a one and done. I think oftentimes people are like, oh, I just do one strategic plan. And then we just build off of that. And it's like, no, like quarterly would be best. But realistically, most people should be doing it like every six months to a year and looking at the numbers and then taking it a step further and like the numbers being the facts of the situation um, and also writing down the other facts, asking yourself, how did you get that revenue? How did that expense actually give you a return in your business? How did that client work out? How did they come in? Was it a referral? Was it from social? If they weren't a good fit, how do you transform that? So if it was social, do you need to refine your messaging? If it was from a referral, probably shouldn't take that referral anymore or be or have more discernment on that. And then we start like digging into like, okay, it was a great revenue month, but what was your balance like? Did you have a lot going on personally or 
Did you have space? Did it feel flowy and free? Or did it feel like you were underwater the whole time? And then talking through even just like marketing techniques, like were you on social or were you avoiding social? Is that why your number dipped or was it because of something else? Personal, right? So, you know, kids go back to school and like all the activities happen. You're suddenly like running around like crazy. Was that impacting you? And did you consider that when you planned that launch that maybe flopped? So like yes. these are the depths of which we're talking questions of matching the facts and the feelings because what I've noticed is oftentimes people will throw the baby out with the bathwater and they'll be like, it was a terrible year. Yeah. Or it was great. Like we should just keep doing what we're doing, but never really like digging into what is that thing. Then it's hard to strategically plan from there if you're not really assessing based on real data, both facts and feelings wise. Mm -hmm. I love this facts and feelings. It's so easy to pick up a goal because it sounds good. Like even if it's 10,000 steps, I'm like, who came up with 10,000 steps? A lot of steps. Does it really make a difference if it's eight steps? But anyways, like we pick up these goals because it sounds good. Even like the five-figure month or the five-figure launch or the $100,000 year, whatever these goals are. And when we achieve them, we can see the numbers. We could see our Apple Watch saying 10,000 steps and noticing our feelings of like, okay, it doesn't feel as great as I thought it was going to feel. And then why is that? I remember when we worked together, I had recently had my first five-figure month. And that was like, that had been a big business goal for a long time. It was kind of my measuring stick of between, oh, it's no longer a hobby I'm doing. I have a business. That month, I mean, I celebrate the heck out of that, but it didn't feel as great as I thought it was going to feel right, right. because I had packed every minute of my calendar and the expenses of that month, it wasn't as profitable as some of my other months. And so being able to use the look back analysis and all the other strategies that you use in the strategic plan strategy was helpful to say like, well, why didn't that feel good? It felt like I never want more five-figure months. Right, right, like, right. That's not the issue. It's okay, how could I feel great having a more profitable month or more margin in my calendar? So the facts and feelings. Well, so and you said something that I talk about a lot is that measuring stick. We do that with numbers a lot. And really, we need to be doing that with mission, vision, core values, because that's that fulfillment piece. That's how we know that we're matching the personal life we want with the business life that we want. And so often what most people come to after they do the look back analysis and then we do a quality improvement assessment, we dive into that mission, vision, core values. And that's where people are like, oh, that's why it did not feel so good. Oh, this would make it feel better. Oh, this is more in alignment with what my customer needs at that point in their journey. And so the cool part about doing this is you should do it all the time. And once you learn how to do it once, 
you can reperform it because you realize how potent it is. And I think it's often getting over that hump of actually doing it that I wish I could like, I would love to make this a course for people, but I know most people won't do it. They need that accountability of having to talk to me about it. And also the piece that I find has been the most powerful is like that partnership that I come alongside you, right? Like it's not just that I'm reading and letting you glean what you glean from it, but like we, I coach and I go deeper and we talk about those things to say, is that feeling actually true? Or did it just feel like this because of these three things you listed there? And it, and it just gives you this feeling like you're not doing it alone. And I think that's all we're looking for in, in business, really, and life, really. But I think it is so powerful. And I find that like when I think about what you offer to your clients, it's that partnership. Yes, you can go to a million experts that will teach you similar things, but it is that person that gets invested in the vision, that gets invested in the story that makes the biggest difference. And so I just love everything you're doing and how you come alongside your clients as well. That's such a great point of partnership because in business, solopreneur, even with small team, it can be or feel very isolating. And a lot of the value that I found from working with other businesses or like coming in their team as copywriter or content strategist and whatnot is that I loved that collaboration, the partnership. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that my vision and goals now is really doing author coaching and strategy and building my business doesn't mean I have to be alone. Right. And so having you come alongside partnership, I couldn't agree more that I probably wouldn't have done all six of the assignments without you, like having you on my calendar of like, okay, I'm going to be talking to Emily about this. Right. I need to, she's looking at my homework and it was such a great feeling because I love the holding hands. Like, let's go through this together and have a plan moving forward. And I feel like you just touched on something that I feel is like this common misconception with people is that we got to do it alone and we got to do it hard to get the reward at the end. And like, yes, we have to do hard and we have to do it, but we don't have to do it alone. And I feel like what I'm so passionate about is kind of looking at the process holistically, like really looking at what people need. People need companionship. They need people bought into their vision. They need people to have someone to bounce ideas off of. And and so I built my offers in that type of way because I was like, this is what people need. They need the tactical and the logical piece, but they also need the other person to realize like they're a person. And so they need the coaching. They need that upper limit work to make sure they're available to go do the thing. Because 90% of the time, it's not the fact that we have to go do the thing. It's all the mind drama that we start instilling because of having to do the thing. And I found that to be true with this look back analysis. And I have been always trying to find different ways to free up my capacity 
And I've gone back and forth, back and forth. Do I do it as a course? I feel like I'm sold on maybe doing group coaching versus mm -hmm. just one-on-one because I still think I can deliver that kind of experience. But I just can't see someone going for the very first time and doing this by themselves. I agree. You can't give that part up. But I could see the group coaching. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very similar with the Aligned and Abundant Author Program. It is that combination of there's so much value you get from a group and hearing other people yes. experiencing similar things. And as a coach, also giving them the space to do their own work and that it's not our responsibility that the results that they get in that, like we're not hold, hand-holding every minute of the way. You give them homework. For, for me, they're writing their book. I can't sit there in every yeah. minute, but when they get stuck, that's mm -hmm. what we're here for. So I love the group coaching model for that part. You get to meet other people in similar situations. Well, and I've always found being in a mastermind or some kind of group coaching, I start to realize, oh, I have that problem too. And I just <laughs> didn't have like the vocabulary for it. And so it is nice to be with other people trying to accomplish the same thing you're trying to accomplish. It doesn't need to be the same thing, but doing the work the same way you're doing the work is so powerful because there's no one who can support you as much as somebody who has been through it or is currently going through it too. Yes. Yes. And I know we're focusing heavily on business because it's what we do. It's like, is it a love language? I feel like talking business and so. strategy is like a love language, but like all of these things apply as much to our personal lives, our, our health, our relationships. I would love for you to share as someone balancing this professional, like career, working with professionals, high achieving, six, seven figure earning entrepreneurs and being a wife and a mom of three, how does looking back also serve you in a personal sense, not just looking back, but looking back and the collaboration, the partnerships, everything we've talked about, like how does this also apply? Because I am thinking of the woman who's listening and saying, well, I don't have a business. Right, right. It's all right. Still applies. Oh, first of all, it's the reason I did it in the first place, right? Is that I wanted to be present. I felt like I was there, but I was not there. And I had to figure out why and my like logical brain uses data to figure that out. And so, yes, I did it to progress my business, but with the ultimate goal of having that personal fulfillment in mind versus the business, just the business success, you know? So from the look back, it has literally humbled me so much as a parent, right? Like, I think oftentimes we really are trying our best but we might lose sight of things. And so doing this look back helps me recognize like maybe I did not show up my best when I had that conversation with my husband, my kid, or my best friend. And if I did not show up my best because I had all these external factors impacting it, 
like how can I now approach them to maybe explain it, not excuse it, but be able to connect and say, hey, I got this really wrong and I would like to get it right this time. So actually doing that reflection piece. But even beyond that, I realized I was struggling with the hustle because I wasn't being present, but I also was like struggling. I was so tired. I was so overwhelmed. I was working out at the same time. And if we're talking about this past year, my mom passed away. And you don't know grief until you experience grief. And I had to admit to myself as a high performer, I couldn't just muscle through it. And so doing this look back this past year has been so powerful for me to own my season and say, just because this is my season now doesn't mean it's my season forever, but I can show up my best in this season now. Oh, I'm like taking a note because I have goosebumps. That's always my cue. Like write that down, Erica, <laughs> to own your season. Mm -hmm. It's so liberating when we can own it instead of saying, well, I didn't do as, you know, quote, unquote, good. I wasn't as successful. I didn't achieve all these things like I did last year or pre-kids or whenever we want to put ourselves in, even health-wise. I'm like, mm -hmm. not the same as I was when I was 32. I'm like, duh. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> own the season that we're in and be able to work with what is the season asking of us now? Yeah. How can we fit our business and purpose into our life, like in this beautiful balance? Well, and to your point, like a lot of the things I've been switching and changing is because I did my look back analysis a couple months ago and I realized I could not get back into my morning routine since my mom passed away because I was always very methodical. I'm sure that shocks people when I tell you that I'm a strategic planner, but uh, I'm a strategist at all times, but like I'm very methodical and that's how I'm so efficient. But I always had this setup in my office. What I didn't recognize was that I was doing a lot of death admin in my office. So every time I came to sit down, I got that gut feeling like, oh. and so I was avoiding it, but I didn't even realize it until I was reflecting that like, oh, every time I go in there, it feels heavy. And so what I did to change my morning routine was that I wake up, I turn my bedside lamp on and I do my devotional right there because I need to start my day with God. And I wasn't, I would have these long periods where I wasn't doing it because I was avoiding this room. And had I not done that look back, I wouldn't have put two and two together. And what has been powerful about doing it upstairs is as soon as I come down, I literally just need to make my pre-workout and go work out. And I don't get lost in like trying to get on the computer and write out my schedule and do all of these things that I was doing instead of spending time with God. I already had that like done coming down. And that also encouraged me to make more space in my life too, because I realized the other thing I was doing was I had a checklist and I was just checking the list. Like I wasn't doing the things that were helpful. I was getting them done. I wasn't actually internalizing them. And so that also came up. And so creating margin 
in my morning routine has been huge for me because then I can check in with myself because I always hear people say like, what did, what do you need today? I'm like, I don't know the same thing I need every day. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm a little too strategic for this whole, like, what do you need? Go do it thing. So I actually now listen to that a little bit and I'm like, okay, like, Instead of working out five days a week, every single morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm like, do you want to do cardio? Do you need to rest? Do you want to stretch? Do you want to do? I, I became that person that everybody's like, you just need to do whatever your body's telling you. I'm like, I can't read my body. My body does not produce numbers. I don't know what that <laughs> Where's the data? Where is the data that tells me this is what I need? That's what I do. And and so the reason I say it very lightheartedly is because by the outside looking in, everyone's like, she's doing great. She's checking all the boxes. She's doing the thing. She's, her business is flourishing. She is always with her kids and she's doing this and she's doing that. And all of those things were true, but I was burning out so quickly because I just didn't have the same capacity. Yeah. And as I'm approaching one year of my mom passing, I'm starting to feel productive again, like my level of productive, right? Like the, I actually accomplish things and go to the next thing and I feel still good to do the next thing. But during that season when I was like in grief, I needed that space and I wasn't giving it to myself all the time. And once I did, don't you know, I was able to actually be more productive and it all worked out better for me in the end. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that this year has been challenging and we all have seasons where it's just like, is this ever going to end? Or like, why me? Like just all, all, right. all the things like unexpected. And I know there are many listening who are in that season where it's like, why can't I just do what I used to do or I am doing it but it feels so terrible I'm just checking mm -hmm. it off moving through the motions so being able to give ourselves permission to slow down and reflect and say okay what has been working what hasn't what do I need right now how can I build this into moving forward and just to reiterate like having someone go alongside this process whether it's personal or professional business, like it is so valuable to have somebody who sees you and says, I've been there or like, let's do this together. So I'm really grateful, uh, appreciative to you that you are that person to so many in their businesses and that you're such a beautiful example in your personal life too. Like, I mean, three under four years, that in itself is like, wow. Trust me, How? I live it. I live it every day, and I'm always like, "What are? What is happening right now? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Why didn't they warn me? Like they did warn me, but like still, <laughs> still. Yeah, the the facts and the feelings are now like connecting. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is such a good conversation, Emily. I love to wrap up all of my conversations with two questions. The first one is what's been an impactful book that's helped you in your journey to where you are today? 
Okay. So the first one is going to be essentialism. And this book has been so powerful. It's Greg McGowan, I believe, is who writes it. And I needed this because I am a doer. And I thought that if I was doing 97 things, that was simply had to be better than doing once. (laughs) And this book kind of obviously put that logic on its head and said, actually, maybe you should just focus on that one thing right now, which is really difficult for this like multi-passionate, always into something person. But it reminds me in those moments where I'm evaluating, am I present or not? Is this task getting me closer to presence or not? And so that book has been powerful. And then like more recently, Permission to Ascend by Rachel Luna. Yes. I'm telling you, that book, I did not know how scared I was to be misunderstood until I read that book. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. The fear of judgment, rejection, and defamation. I'm like, three heavy hitters. Come on. Yes. Yes. So that has been really powerful for me. Um, Just as I am choosing this new season of life and like how I want to show up and really giving myself space to not worry about how I'm received all the time, as long as I'm doing it with pure intention, value-based, mission and vision oriented, you know. I will link both of those in the show notes. And I did have Rachel on the podcast earlier. So I'll link to that episode. Um, So great recommendations. And the other thing which you do so beautifully also is like, we collect a lot of information. We like to learn the things, download the freebies. And then where's the action? That's where it can feel very overwhelming is that we haven't implemented what we know. So What confident action step would you like to leave with our listeners that will help them take the first or the next best step towards look back to to leap forward? I love exactly what you said, that best next step. And I think we often are like, we need to go all the way over here. But really, it's that next best step. And I would say in this situation, just putting the time in your schedule to look at your numbers and even you know it doesn't need to be complicated it you know i have a guide that people can use if they want to use a guide but if not sit down put it on your schedule and journal it out write what the month was like what was the revenue what was the expense how did you feel like it doesn't have to be super in-depth and formal just start somewhere because the more you can reflect the more you can glean And it will allow you to make more strategic, purposeful action forward. Beautiful. And I'll link to your guide. You can send that to me. Sure. Um, I was going to say, it's just Emily V. Bowie backslash five steps. Five steps. Okay, perfect. I will link it below, but then, yeah, that's straightforward. And that leads to my next thing, like where can the people connect with you? Where can you be found? I am on Instagram at Emily B. Bowie, and I absolutely love talking to people. I like talking to myself in stories, but I also (laughs) enjoy talking to other people because the one thing that I 
love is getting to know people and understanding what their not just what their problem is now, but like the whole story around it. So then I can give them like purposeful action. So if you're ever on my Instagram and you have something you want to talk to me about, don't be shy. Shoot me a message. Yes. You are so approachable and always lovely to talk to. And I just want to say Bowie is B-O-W-I-E. Yes. For the longest time I was saying Bowie because that's just what it looked like. But <laughs> It's okay. Everyone does. I remember when we were getting married, someone was like, how does it feel that no one's ever going to be able to pronounce your last name again? And I was just like, really? I feel like it's straightforward, but I'm from Maryland and there's a Bowie, oh. Maryland. So I'm like, oh, everybody knows Bowie. And then I'm like, oh, but David Bowie, same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So confusing. <laughs> I mean, ask me how it feels for Right. Same boat, same boat. <laughs> you totally understand. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, and I, I love to invite everyone listening always to to tag Emily and I on stories on Instagram. We would love to share what your biggest takeaway is, maybe even what season you are owning right now. And just all the things. Tag Emily and I because we both live on Instagram and we are very active on stories. So when you tag us we'll see it we can reshare it and start the conversation there thank you so much emily for sharing your story for coming in and being really vulnerable and also being able to give some great action steps to bridge between our our current reality and our vision and just how to do it in a, a way that feels really good not just looks good on paper Yes. And that's everything, right? So thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to hear from you guys. Chat. That'd be great. Thank you so much, friend, for being part of What's Your Story today. Remember, your story is your unique gift to the world. So keep writing, keep sharing, and keep shining. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story. I love spending time with you. Now, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a friend and then come hang out with me on Instagram at Erica Akingboye. Be sure to check out the show notes. I've included all important notes and links, including how you can get the latest free download that is exactly how to use your story to create social change. I'll be back here next week and hope you will be too. See you there, friend.